So here we are. 2023 is behind us, just about. We've counted down the hours. Shannon has a brother in New Zealand. I think they've already crossed that threshold and they're already in the future and we're in the past. So in the last year, it's, it's strange even for myself to say we arrived in 2022 and we've been here 16 months and just in, in 16 months, just how much has transpired in, in my life and in ministry. Can you think of all the things that have happened in the last 16 months? Can you remember everything? And we're already turning a page. Isn't that amazing? Time. If one thing I think God has gifted each one of us, it's time. And each of us has given us, been given a time here on earth. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the time allotted to each one of us? Even this morning, we, we're saying goodbye to, to people all the time. Their time is up. The Lord has come to fetch them. And that's why it is such an important thing that I feel like the one thing Satan wants to steal from you is time. Time that God has given you to serve him and grow his kingdom. And everything that is a distraction from God's call and purpose on your life is a win for Satan. I was given this gift for Christmas. Can you guys read on there? I was given some graphite shampoo and graphite um, deodorant. What do you think people were trying to say? <laughs> Martin, you need to be a little bit more like graphite. <coughs> Timothy got two plaid shirts. I got two plaid shirts. We're moving in the right direction. Right? Here we go. Although Timothy got that black shirt from me, and Timothy thinks he's really cool in that black shirt. He's really proud of that black shirt. Shannon's had to wash it three times this week. So Shannon's under pressure, not me. But here we are. And as you're thinking about who do you smell like? Who do you look like? Whose are you? I was reading this scripture in preparation for the sermon this week. It says, in 2024, we choose to live by the Spirit. And when I was in, the, in what we call the hyper-charismatic movement, we were quite largely into confessing or pronouncing the future or professing where you want to be in the future. And so it's a positive confession. In 2024, we choose to live by the Spirit. Thinking about, if I can profess something for my year ahead, what do I want? Lord, I want to live by the Spirit. And it's a lot easier to profess it than it is to do it, is it not? Because I know my flesh. My flesh is at war with my spirit and the, and the two seldom meet. The one needs subjugation to the other. And when the one's in charge, the other one always goes into submission or remission even. But Second Peter 1 verse 3, it says this, His divine power has given us Everything we need for a godly life. 
through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Isn't that an amazing scripture? What does God want you to smell like? What does God want, who does God want you to look like? And has he given you the shampoo and the, has he given you everything you need to look like his son Jesus? His divine power has given us everything. What does everything mean, family? Anybody got any suggestions? What does everything mean? Everything. That means there's no lack. There's no shortage of something. He's given us everything we need for a godly life. When I was reading that this week, I was striving to understand how that is true. We managed to snatch away. We went down to Niagara. Uh, one of the things we as a family wanting to do is like go down to Niagara over the Christmas season and see the lights and see everything there is to see in Niagara. But we were there for two days and um, unfortunately there was one cloud and it stayed there for the entire two days. So we even sat up on a nice hotel floor high up so we could see the, the we could just sit and look through the window and look at the falls but we saw nothing. In fact we just saw cloud. It was amazing just to see nothing the whole time when you're expecting to see. Yes, yeah, so Timothy is still in Abbott. There was this amazing bath with this window with the shutter going up and down. And that, Timothy was quite enamored with that. But anyway, on the day we were going to leave, we decided we were going to go and have a breakfast together. And we went to this family uh, pancake place. And right when we were sitting outside the window of this family restaurant, pancake breakfast place, there was this big billboard with three ladies on it, advertising a restaurant where the ladies are the main attraction. And my daughters, my back was to it, but my daughters were looking at that, and, and the ladies, there were three ladies, and one was going like this, the one was going like this, and the one was going like this. What do you think they were selling? My daughters are pretty um, sheltered, so they didn't quite get what was going on. So I had to explain. As a father explaining to his daughters about what this is about, Victoria was quite horrified. It's like, really? And I said, because what are they advertising? That it's okay to go to a place where men can just, a little bit of peeping doesn't hurt you at all, does it? So I said to Victoria, so do you mind if I start looking at those three ladies in that bubble? She said, definitely not. So I said, see, so you know I shouldn't. And yet what are they asking me to do? What is the world asking me to, go, to do? God says, taste and see that I am good. And yet the world is asking you, family, to taste and see that it is good. Twenty twenty four, New Year's resolutions, lose weight. I think that's on my list. I really feel like I need to lose some weight this year. I do. <laughs> see how that goes. Exercise. Shannon, myself, we were at a stage when we first got you, we were doing four kilometers a day, we were doing well. I think that's dipped off a little bit since summer. We just haven't regained that four kilometers a day. It was really good for, for everything. You know? 
drink more water. For me, that's interpreted as drink more tea. So, but the, the water, and you know, I haven't got quite there yet. Quit smoking, I did that 30 years ago, so I'm good. What? Earlier to bed. Hmm. Somebody once said, the best time to gain sleep is in the front end of the evening, not in the back end. If you want more sleep, go to bed earlier. Don't try and sleep in another 15 minutes. It gets a bit difficult. And yet, I know that the world wants me to taste what it has to offer. Just as my daughters were experiencing what the world has to offer. And yet, I know in my own heart that there was a time in my life, like Solomon, I withheld nothing from myself because I wasn't serving God. So why not taste in the delights of this world? But I know everything I tasted, well, sweet on the mouth, well, sweet on the eyes, well, sweet on the ears, always turns sour in the stomach. My diet of the world makes you sick. Too much cigarettes tastes Smells wonderful, that first puff of smoke, but eventually you pick up those clothes the morning after, and what, are the, what do those clothes smell like? Do they smell wonderful? Or does it smell like death? And you see, that's the thing with the world and what God is trying to say to his children. Taste and see that I am good. Whatever I give you will be nourishment to your soul forever. But whatever you eat of the world will make you sick will sour in your stomach and will give you no long-lasting pleasure. Just to, re, just to rehash a little bit of James this year. What is James saying? What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. You spend it on your passions. It continues. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. That's an amazing scripture. Because that sums up our fight with the world, is it not? I've tasted the world and yet it let me down in every corner. I know having walked with God 
for the last 28 years that whenever I deal with people whose lives are in submission to God, the fruit of their life tastes sweet. And yet we are all sinners. I know it just takes you one day to live in the flesh for things to come tumbling down. Just looking at that billboard and deciding, well, maybe I should sample what the world has to offer. But yet, even my daughter could counsel me and say, no, that is not wisdom. And so every moment, every day, we have this choice. Whose diet do you want to be on? As we get older, we recognize that there are certain functions this body needs desperately to stay in good working order. And so we are being called to look after this body. The, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God yearns for the spirit that he has placed within you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He created you because he wanted a family. But while we're off chasing the world, our spirit gets neglected and our relationship, our spiritual relationship with our Heavenly Father gets torn apart. And that's why he hates the world. It doesn't mean he hates creation. God created the world. He created the universe and he called it wonderful. He called it good in every shape. When you're out hunting or getting maple syrup from the trees, you can taste and see that God's creation is amazing. When you're spending time on the lakes, swimming and playing and fishing, you can taste God's creation is amazing. God has not withheld anything from you. He's not even telling you, he's not even forcing you at gunpoint to stop sinning. No, he says, taste my way and see that it is good. But if you will go and taste the world, you will taste that it leads to death. It gives you nothing. But even when you're dying in your sin, God says, I can still restore you. I can still heal you. Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. As we abide in Christ, there is fruit. There's quite a thought in that. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And Jesus will delight in the fear of the Lord. Jesus will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. But, but or decide by what he hears with his ears. And God is saying... He wants us to put on Christ. Christ is our savior. He's our bridegroom. And God wants to put on our husband. We take on his name. We put everything of Christ. We want to put off our old self and we want to put on Christ. So I wonder what that would look like. Because that's prophecy and that's amazing. And yet God is saying, ask and you shall receive. I've changed that around a little bit. And where Jesus is, the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon me. Have you thought about that? The Spirit of God will rest upon you. That's God's plan through Christ. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon us. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and we will delight in the fear of the Lord. And we will not judge by what we see with our eyes or decide by what we hear with our ears. 
Do you think that's God's plan for your life? Do you think that's God's plan for us as a congregation of people? And some of you say, Martin, but I'm really struggling with certain sins in my life. God's plan is not for you to struggle with these things. If you're struggling, come and have a conversation with me. I promise you this much. There's nothing you can tell me that I'm not guilty of myself. What does the Bible say? A man who looks upon a woman with lust is guilty of adultery just to look. And my daughter found that out. Just to look is adultery. I'm guilty of everything. But I know how God has given me victory through Christ. And you know when you do things God's way, God will give you victory over these things. So if you are struggling on, with something on your own, I want to ask you, is that wisdom? Is that the spirit of wisdom and understanding you walk in? I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord and I had all these struggles and sins in my life. I was too ashamed to go and get help. And so I was praying for God to give some sort of man in, around me some prophetic insight into the sins of my life that he can come and tap me on the shoulder and says, young man, I've got something to say to you. God doesn't work like that. God's a gentleman. He's not going to air your dirty laundry because God is not in the... You know, these American sitcoms or whatever where they, people just, God is not here to humiliate you. That's not God's way. God's way is to set you free. And so you go and find a godly man or a godly woman and you say, this is what I'm struggling with. What do I do? And if you're sitting with a godly man or woman, they will tell you how God set them free. And you will have an opportunity to confess your sin to that person. And they will pray with you. And they can hold you accountable. Because accountability is the way. When you, go in, when you learn a trade, family, when you go, whether it be plumbing, electricity, you go and work with somebody who's been there, done that. And wearing the t-shirt, and he's wearing the cap. And he's got the tool belts. What are you doing? Don't do this life on your own. You were not created for that. And so you go and find the people who have been there before and they will show you how God has led them. We are not called to walk this life alone. You see, God is, our role is to love God. And to love God, we, we spend time in prayer and the Bible says, pray unceasingly. You need to learn to love yourself like Christ loves you. Not love yourself out of selfishness. And so we live a life in the Spirit or by the Spirit. And in that we fast and pray and seek God. And, we, and we're here to love graphite, the congregation, the community, everything. And we learn to give to people. I change two words quickly. Love God and we need to humble ourselves. Because humbling ourselves, is, is, it sounds horrible at first glance. But it's a privilege. It's learning to let go of the world and just saying, Lord, here am I. In all my weaknesses. But the moment you humble yourselves, God has an amazing way of lifting you up. Not elevating you in the front of others, but we want to be elevated in the eyes of God. 
And God's intention is to elevate each and every single one of you. He doesn't want you to feel lonely. He doesn't want you to feel destitute. He doesn't want you to feel like an orphan. And he wants you to love others. Those three ladies on that billboard need love. Not the bad love. They need to understand that they're created in the image of God. Just as I myself. In fact, I'll tell you, how did I overcome that part of my life? A person, wise person said, whatever you're looking at, begin to pray for that person and you'll find that your mind shifts. When you're praying for those women on the billboard, you're no longer desiring them. But you're desiring them for God. And you have this transitional shift in your spirits. And all of a sudden they become your daughters. And not an object of desire. Isn't that amazing? Galatians 5 from verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law because that is the essence of God himself. I just put that up there. I'm not going to read all of it, but I just want to show you these are all the gifts of the Spirit that God has given you to be successful. Guidance, spiritual understanding, helping others to trust in God, God's healing power, signs and wonders, proclaiming a word from God, determining what is truly of God and what's not, speaking in heavenly or earthly tongues, understanding the message that God is speaking through others, the ability to, to desire to help others, and helping things being organized. and Family, there's a, there's a whole lot of gifts in your life, I promise you now, that you are not even using. I'll just quickly put them up there, just to give you an understanding. There are so many gifts in that manger that you and I have barely begun to touch. And so if we are wanting to live by the Spirit family, your 2024 will begin to look vastly different. The world out there doesn't want you to taste it, but the world needs to realign what it is with who God is. And you know what? God is sending you and me out into that world. And when people say, you seem very different, well, you can say, once I was part of the world, but thank God I no longer am. I'm walking by the Spirit. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them each to each one as He determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all in its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So we, together, we put on Christ, and all the gifts of the Spirit are available to this congregation to, and thereby the whole neighborhood, this whole region. God is good all the time. I'm going to show you just a short clip just uh, from a few years ago. So the, um, anyway, I'll, I'll talk about it after. Just you want to put that clip on?
So that little clip tells you to make time for what you love. I'd say I would encourage you this morning to change it all right. Take time for those you love. You've been gifted with time. Use time as a gift for people. And if you love people, you spend time with them. In a world full of loneliness, time with people is what they need. The other day, Mike and myself, we went up to the, the manor, and, and you're looking at all those old people in that manor. Time. All they want is a little bit of time with your, their loved ones. And so often, maybe many of them, I know we get so busy that time is what we fail to give one another. If you had to ask Shannon what one complaint she has with me, sometimes I don't give her the time because I'm busy. Are you busy? We need to change it up a little bit. Because what's the devil trying to steal from you? Time. As we serve God, let's do it together. This life is beautiful. It's precious. What a blessing it is to live where we live. Everything is good. Taste and see that God is good. God's inviting you to taste everything. In Jewish tradition, in Rosh Hashanah, the high holy days, where God judges humanity, there's this blessing that they speak over one another. May you be inscribed and sealed for a good year. A good inscription and a sealing in the book of life. As your pastor, as your 
coach, as your facilitator, whatever you want. I pray that each one of you may be inscribed in the Lamb's Book of Life. Take a moment and say, Lord, I want to be your child. Lord, I want to commit my life to you. Whether I'm an electrician or a plumber, whatever it is you do. Maybe you're retired. Maybe you'll spend time having coffee with people and just coaching, mentoring, whatever it is. But may you be inscribed for a good year. May you know that God loves you with an everlasting love. And may your life, may your name be inscribed in that book. It is the only book your name is worth being written in. And this is the Jewish blessing that I speak over you now. Take, let's take a moment just to ask God, just to underline your name, that God would remember you in this year. That by his spirit he would guide you and keep you on track for a good spiritual year. That his spirit would lead you and guide you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for each person sitting here this morning. I pray, Father, that their name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That every person listening to this message would take Jesus on as their Lord and Savior. That they would take Jesus on as their bridegroom. That as they go out into the world, that they would take, Father, your spirit upon them. And never walk alone again. That they can put the world aside for this year ahead. And that they would say your spirit would lead and guide them in all truth. And Lord, may you inscribe upon each person listening to this message a good year ahead. And Father God, for those who need miracles, who need healing, Father, I pray that you would hear their prayers and draw them close to you. We pray and ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.